Today we are going to continue in the uh, sermon series that we have been doing in Acts um, on uh, helping the willing find the way. Um, In 60 years of life, I can say very honestly, I have never been arrested. I have gotten five undeserved traffic tickets, (laughs) speeding tickets to be exact, because they're all undeserved, amen? Whoa, I didn't even hear a single amen. Shame on me. (laughs) Shame on us. (laughs) We know in this week that um, Jesus will be arrested and that's undeserved. But praise God that he was, amen? Amen. Paul claims that he was arrested by Jesus. Well, that's an interesting claim, Eric. Where do you see that? I see that right here. Philippians 3, Paul says, Not that I have already attained all of this, a a sense of being perfected in Christ. He's saying, I'm still reaching for it, right? Not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. And if you'll notice there, that to take hold of and took hold, they're just two tenses of exactly the same word that are used there. That word to take hold of has the idea of apprehend or to seize, or to take over, to gain control over, or as what we would say in English, it's the word to arrest. Which, if you think about it, makes that Damascus Road incident rather ironic. Because Paul who was going by the name Saul at the time, so you're going to hear Saul a lot today, was going to Damascus to apprehend, to arrest, to take hold of the followers of the way that happened to be there and to haul them off into jail. However, Christ on the way apprehended Saul. And didn't let him go. When Saul got arrested by Jesus, it changed the whole course of his life. And quite honestly, many people's lives since then because of his influence. And God did it rather quickly. But there is a a progression that we want to talk about this morning, fairly simple, but we can see a progression in how God got Saul's attention. And this morning, we're going to look at that because he can use that same sort of thing to change our lives. We can use that same sort of thing to change somebody else's life. 
And, and I don't have a whole lot of fun things in this. We're just going to kind of blow through it pretty quickly. But just stick with me if you would. That first step is to peak interest. Most people forget this about Saul, that he was always a God-fearing man. He grew up in, in Tarsus, over in Asia Minor. Uh, at an appropriate age, he was actually sent to Jerusalem to study at the feet of Rabbi Gamaliel, one of the top rabbis of the day. You see, Paul's, Saul's interest in God and spiritual things didn't start at that Damascus Road experience. It had been a lifelong pursuit for him. And today, honestly, many people, almost everybody, has some sort of spiritual interest or religiosity. Something that they think about that there must be greater than them. It's in our music. It's in our popular entertainment. It's even in movies and on TV shows. There's this fascination with vampires, especially over the last five, six years. Do you realize that that is a search, that that contains something about a spiritual nature that people are looking for, something that's transcendent? Even though that's a negative, it points out that need. People have an interest in spiritual things. Saul was interested in doing what he thought God wanted him to do. And he was a true believer. He was absolutely headed to do what he believed was God's will. So Saul has the right heart, but he's headed in the wrong direction. Acts 9, 3, and he, Saul near Damascus on his journey, and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell on the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? You're familiar with this story. But this is the point. This is the second step. This is the point of arrest. Saul was busted by the Lord for heading down that wrong road. Because you see, he had been fighting against God's will. Though he thought he was with him, he was fighting against the Lord. Actually, just like his teacher Gamaliel had warned against, this is Acts 9, Acts 5. We, we have the words of Gamaliel. He says... Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, what? If it's of human origin, it'll what? It'll fail. But if it's from God, you will what? Not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself what? Fighting against God.
there may be a sermon just in this. Because friends, your preacher is not perfect. I don't know about y'all. Some of y'all I think are pretty perfect just the way you are. But I'm not. And I have to constantly remind myself of Scripture. I have to constantly be in touch with God. I have to constantly be listening for the musings of the Spirit in order to make sure I'm staying on the right road. Are, are you with me here? Okay. You see, Saul didn't listen very well. We can get blinded by anger and racism and bigotry. Yes. Saul didn't listen very well. And on his way to Damascus, he found that he had indeed been fighting against the Lord. And he was just caught up in his religiosity. He was caught up in his his practice. And he didn't stop to consider that the anger and the indignation that he felt should have been a sign that it probably wasn't from God. He never stopped to consider that God might actually be at work around him. And and in effect, that voice, the voice of the Lord, was saying, you aren't serving me. You're, You're persecuting me. And Saul was busted. you ever remember or recall or have you ever been busted by the Lord? You know, it happens different ways with different people. We can be, we can be overcome by the weight of our sin, the weight of our guilt and be crushed under that. Others can, can run into a, a brick wall of life and find that Their very existence is being threatened even by themselves with substance abuse, alcoholism, promiscuity, focusing on self-interest and putting all of their focus on themselves. Some are caught sitting on a pew at a friend or a a relative's funeral thinking that they may have totally missed life's meaning. See, here's something that rarely happens. Friends, people rarely ever come to Christ without some kind of life crisis. Now, somebody might intellectually get there 
And there will be a crisis where they relied on the Lord and it will make their faith stronger. But crises do come. And it's usually some kind of a humbling experience to get us to, to look up, to seek something that is greater than ourselves. Paul says, his words, he says that, that, that he was fighting against the goad. Fighting against the goat. That's an interesting word. Do you know what that is? Uh, the easiest way to describe it I can think of is it's a prick stick. It's a stick that's sharp that you, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about that. You know, you, you, you kind of prod an animal in order to go where you want them to go, right? Uh, today, in modern day time, uh, we wouldn't use a sharp stick. What would we use? A cattle prod, right? We would, we would give them a little bit of electricity, right? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm reminded of, a, of Terry, a, a dog trainer that was at our house one time when we were in, in Grayson, Georgia. And we were talking about things, and she was talking about dog training. And I, and I made the remark, I said, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And she slammed her hand on the table, and she said, that's not true. It only depends on how much electricity you apply. <laughs> and uh, Paul got a joke, got a jolt, didn't he? He knew that God was trying to reach him. He just didn't want to listen Mm. which describes me at some points in my life maybe describes somebody that you know somebody who you know their problem isn't ignorance their problem is an unwillingness to accept and to move in the direction they know they should go in So arrest, the third step, indictment. Paul, Acts 9, 5, who are you, Lord? He figured something out there in those moments, didn't he? I am Jesus, the one whom you are persecuting. You know what happens when somebody's arrested and they get hauled before the judge and an indictment is passed. What do we call that? We call that an arraignment, right? That usually takes place in a, a courtroom in front of the judge. The charges are brought formally and the defendant must plead either guilty or not guilty. Now, Paul, Saul may have never killed anybody himself with his own hand yet we know that his approval amounts to ordering the murder of God's people Acts 26 sometime later Paul says this on the authority of the chief priest I put many of the saints in prison and when they were put to death I cast my vote against them. He understood the weight of his actions. 
So when Jesus indicted Saul on multiple counts of divine assault, of persecuting Jesus by persecuting Christians, Saul began to realize just how far he had missed the mark. And he realizes that he is indeed guilty of the death of Jesus since so many of the believers died at his approval. Indictment will lead to a trial. There's really no separate trial for Saul that we see in Scripture. In fact, it pretty much happened right there on the road to Damascus, did it not? Because he was in the heavenly court where all is known and laid before the judge of all mankind. There's no defense to be made because everything that Saul did was defenseless. There's no evidence to be discovered because everything is already uncovered. It's already made known. God's message to Saul was the same as that handwriting on the wall of Belshazzar centuries earlier. You have been weighed in the balance and you have been found wanting. That's Daniel 5.27 if you want to write it down. And Saul stands guilty before the Lord of all. Now remember, Saul is not the only one. Just as Saul was found guilty of the Lord's death, there is a sense in which we all carry that guilt. Because it's our sin that put him on that Roman cross. What's Paul write? Romans 3.23, for how many have sinned? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. By the way, what does all mean? All means all, and that's all all means, yes? Okay, I know that's a logical fallacy, but you got, you got me, right, Steve? Now, let's be honest. We may have never killed anyone or done anything that seems terribly wrong. But the sin that is in our life has given approval to Jesus' sacrifice. It is only when we turn to the Lord that our guilt can be taken away. And until we call upon him, we are in the exact same place that Saul was in. We are guilty of the Lord's death. Look at what Jesus tells him in sentencing the next step. Saul's been arrested, indicted, and tried, and he's waiting sentencing. Jesus says, now get up and go to the city, and you will be told what you must do. Can you imagine what Saul may have been thinking on those final miles to Damascus? 
or the three to seven days that he was there not eating, fasting, waiting for Ananias to come and to talk with him. Paul, Saul, was very well versed in the law. He knew that the conspiracy to commit murder was the same as having carried it out. And he knew that on this earth, the punishment for that, it was going to result in death. What about in the heavenly court? Was he now in danger of the fires of hell that he had spent his whole life trying to avoid? It would not surprise me that Saul was acutely aware that he may die by God's hand. And in a sense, Saul did die. He died the same way that Jesus calls all of us to die. Paul writes in Colossians 3, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, when he comes back, Then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. By the way, is that? Still a legitimate message that the church has today that others need to hear? Yes or yes? Yes. Colossians, uh, 1 Corinthians 15.1, Paul even says, I die daily. Maybe you feel that too. There are times when your preacher gets up in the morning and has to commit to do what the Lord's will that day and honestly I still get tempted I am not out of Satan's purview to come after and there are some days it's one day at a time and I can tell you there are some days it's five minutes at a time So in order to receive life in Christ, Saul is sentenced to death on a daily basis. Again, that doesn't just apply to Saul, it applies to all of us. Why that image of death? Well, Paul tells us because anyone who who has died has been freed from sin. Yes? And it is only in dying to self that we can be acquitted of the sentence that is rightfully ours. Over in Romans 6, Paul writes this to the church in Rome. Or did you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him 
through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that the old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed. From sin. Now, how did Paul know this? Where did he learn it? On a desert road outside of Damascus. He learned it during those days while a convicted man waiting for sentencing. Paul says over in Acts 22, as he's telling the story, he he says that Ananias came to him and, and, and told him about Jesus and what the Lord wanted him to do. And Ananias gave him the only path to his freedom and the path to our freedom, Acts 22, 16. And now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Which brings us brings us to that step six on your sheet there. There's restoration. In legal terms, it's called acquittal. Do you know what an acquittal is? Acquittal is not a statement that you're not guilty. Not guilty is that statement. An acquittal is guilty or not, we are going to treat you as though. You are not guilty. The death of Jesus acquits me of my sin. It doesn't say that I've never done anything against the Lord's will. It says that he is going to treat me as though I am not guilty because I have taken him as Lord of my life and I have submitted to his leadership as master in me, slave, though he will treat me as a son. Ananias brought restoration to Paul's eyes and to his soul that day. We read in Acts 9. Places, placing his hands on Saul, he said, beautiful word, brother. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. So not only was his sight restored, his relationship with God was restored. Many people today are looking for a spiritual connection. But like Saul, 
they have bought into some religious tradition or philosophical system, and they're missing the grace of God. They are looking for a Damascus Road encounter with with an almighty God. And, And some people will think that God doesn't exist because they never have had that kind of experience. Are you waiting for God to have to get you that way or can you learn from Saul? Can you learn from Peter? My question would be this. Is their heart, is your heart really truly seeking after God? Because we know Paul was seeking after God even before that Damascus Road experience. Friends, the pages of the Bible in there we can find the God encounter that you're looking for. Have you ever read what God has already said about himself and who you are because of his son? Your earth-shattering, my eye-blinding, life-changing experience is available. It's there. Open it. Read it. Let the Spirit speak to you through His Word. That experience can culminate in the same place where Saul's experience culminated in the waters of baptism, reuniting with God, making Him Lord of His life. Because friends, an encounter with Jesus will change your life. Father God, we thank you for Saul, for Paul, for his effect that he's had on so many lives. We thank you for this week, Father, as we know of another arrest that's going to happen And that same sacrifice that saved Paul can save us. We pray, Father, that in these moments, that your spirit will mung among us. If there is any that need to speak with you, Father, uh, as they pray, as we sing, listen to them. If there's any that need to make life change, we pray, Father, that they will make the decision to do that today. We give you all that we are because you have given us all that you are in Christ, in whom's name we pray. Amen.